Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Thankful to our worship team for leading us. And, and I do have to say, we, we try to work where uh, the songs uh, that we sing and they lead will tie into the, the message uh, that the Lord puts on my heart or gives me. And I have to say that today, uh, I hope uh, and even pray that you would remember uh, the songs and the words of the songs uh, because uh, it ties in specifically uh, to what I have to say about knowing if you're a Christian, you're a child of God, knowing God is Father. And uh, I would just say many, many don't. Uh, and anyway, turn with me uh, if you have your Bible in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, if you do not have a Bible, uh, there should be some in the back. You are welcome to pick up. You're welcome to uh, take home with you. Uh, we're going to be looking at prayer and the Lord's Prayer over the next couple weeks. Uh, we're doing a series uh, the beginning of this year, really probably up to Lent, on prayer. And I have to say, uh, I said this last week, that I was very convicted in the fall we're going to do a four-week series on prayer and we're going to be praying uh, four specific things. We're going to be praying for Bellwether one Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, actually, I was planning to say we're going to pray for uh, the city of Jackson. Uh, it is uh, MLK weekend. Uh, Martin Luther King was a uh, Christian and a pastor. And there continues to be uh, much racial strife uh, within our city uh, and state and nation. Uh, and praying for this city specifically. Then we're going to pray for the global church, and we're going to pray for baptisms. And uh, really the Holy Spirit says, I've just got something else uh, planned. And that was because I started thinking about instead of the prayers for things, what is the prayer life of this church? And there's a big difference. Okay, The prayer life of a person, the prayer life of a church. So I have some concerns that I want to share uh, with you before we read the passage of Scripture. And one is a, a concern that the Lord opened up to me about my own prayer life. And that am I praying too much for things? Is it all what we call petition? Um, will I spend 30 minutes uh, praying in petition, but I hardly ever spend 30 minutes praying in praise or worship? That's an answer I didn't really like, if I'm honest. And then I have concerns for us, or for y'all. Because I think most of us uh, pray like that. Pray petitions, pray, hey, pray requests, you know. Sickness, obviously pray for that. I mean, the Lord's prayers we're about to say, it says, give us our daily bread. Come to him daily, okay? So petition is a big part. But do we pray prayers of praise, of Thanksgiving. And not only do I have a concern about our prayer life, okay, uh, that ties into everything else about being a Christian. So as pastor of this church, um, whether you believe this or not, I do, I will stand before the Lord and give an account for how I shepherded this church. Uh, And I will be held to a higher standard. So the Lord has been moving in me about, well, if you know, you're concerned about prayer life, or are you concerned about, you know, a Christian life? Are you concerned about salvation? And I would say that I am. Because, say, prayer ties to worship. I'm concerned about our worshiping life. And 
I believe we have great worship, and that doesn't mean people on stage. I believe we're engaged in worship. But I still think there is, you know, it's sometimes, I mean, you know how it is. You know, you're like, well, that person's raising their hand, or should I do that? Or how, how loud should I sing? Or what will this person think or say? And you may be like, I don't think like that. Well, I, I know some folks do, and I felt that way, sitting in pews or seats or, you know, whatever the church has. Uh, I'm concerned about, like, how... Um, or if we, we really reach out to others. Uh, Jack Carmer, who joins, uh, a great example. And when we do reach out to others, but I think we have to be reminded over and over again uh, to have a heart, not just like for us here, but for those that are out there. And, you know, the church is the only institution uh, or organization that's created for people who are not here yet. And so sometimes we can, and I can too, forget that. And then... If all that ties together, then I guess I have this concern about, like, true salvation. Like, people having a deep, a deep, abiding joy in the things of Jesus, uh, in, in Christ. Uh, now, I, I think that, I believe those are right concerns for any pastor uh, to have. And I'll give you two quick stories, very quick uh, one, I heard a story about uh, an elderly lady who lived in poverty most of her life. And she died in poverty. Uh, and her house was impoverished and she was poor. And after she died, as they were looking around her, in her house, they found a priceless painting up in the attic. And she never realized she had. Uh, and now this is a true story, but I think it can very rightly be applied to Every life, every life on earth, because God's grace is free and available to all. And it is like that priceless gift. And so really for us who are like um, surrounded by the, the pressures of life, I, do we realize there's that priceless painting? And then the second story is, and I'll never forget this, and I, I will be the first to say I was very immature at the time when this happened. Uh, immature in my faith, but when I lived in Boston, uh, and my wife and I, we didn't really commit to a church, we weren't married then, but we would, we would worship at different churches and go around, and I, one of the first churches we went to, I remember thinking, wow, they're like real Christians here. Now, I was very immature at the time, but what I meant was, I remember standing by people, and they were like really joyfully singing, and, and not everybody was, but based on how I was raised and the churches I grew up in, where it was kind of a status thing and it was fairly, like, stilted and, and it was different. <clears throat> and obviously that's not like every church. But I do think, and here's where all these concerns come from. I'm going to just bottom line it. I believe uh, the social pressures around us are, like, so strong and so overwhelming and encompassing, and it just pervades everything in our culture. So whether you call it Northeast Jackson, or Metro Jackson, or Mississippi, or the Bible Belt, but it just infiltrates and influences where, like, there's just a lot of social pressure, and like, who's keeping up with who, and, you know, what friends do you have, or, you know, how's this relationship going? And it is so much stronger than the true strength and joy of Christ, but it paralyzes Christians. It paralyzes them. It paralyzes some of you here. 
It's paralyzed me before. And, you know, we're talking about a prayer service breaking free of bondage. You don't need to be a sex addict or a drug addict. You can be a social addict. You can be a group addict. You can be a friend addict. You can be a Northeast Jackson addict. Whatever you call it. You can be, you can be addicted to anything. Anything can be an idol. Okay? How do you know all this? A person's prayer life. You're like, yeah, you say, those are grand statements. Yes. How do you know? A person's prayer life. Two questions I'm going to come back to about your prayer life, about my prayer life. I wish you'd write this down. I wish you'd think about these questions every time you pray. Question number one, why do you think you're heard by God? Why do you think you're heard by God? Question two, what do you say to God? Those two simple questions. Why are you heard? What do you say? We'll come back to them. But let's look into God's word about what Jesus, Jesus says about prayer. And this is Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 5 through 15. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up up, up, empty empty, empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So again, I I talked about how I was thinking about this series about praying for certain things, but want to look at praying of and how we pray. And so we're actually, over the next couple weeks, going to go through, line by line, the Lord's Prayer. And before each sermon, we're going to try to recite the Lord's Prayer. Anyway, do that. But, but I want to open up today and I want to talk about, really I want to talk about the first two words, our Father, and what we just sang about as a child. We sang about, you're a good, good father. Our father. And I hope to, um, Jesus is really talking about two ways here of, of praying and believing and even living. Because prayers really affect your life. Two ways of praying, believing, and living. He says, don't pray like this, pray like this. Two ways. Now, he, in some translations, maybe this is your translations, he says, Verse 5, you must not be like the pagans, okay? And he says, don't be, don't be like the pagans. This translation says hypocrites, okay? Pagans. Now, anybody ever heard that word before, pagan? If you have, raise your hand. Anybody? A few. Okay, you heard pagans. Anybody ever seen the old movie Dragnet? Have you seen Dragnet? Not the TV show. Dan Aykroyd. Tom Hanks. Who were the bad guys in that movie? The pagans, you know? 
And they were called People Against Goodwill and Normalcy. Anyway, it was just, it was, it was a good movie. It was back before Tom Hanks became, I guess, Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. Anyway, but I always thought of pagans like People Against Goodwill. So, but then you see in some translations of the Bible, pagans over and over again. Well, what Jesus called the pagans is actually religious. So pagan equals religious. And what he would call hypocrites, he is calling religious. Uh, and I'm very thankful Josh, uh, Josh Brister, who is, uh, by the way, gets to know him. He didn't ask for this plug. He's a missionary in Spain, and he is uh, leading us in worship with his uh, Spanish wife. Thankful to have you all. But I'm, I could feel the Spirit really moving when he talked about being captured by religion. And so a pagan is a religious person, and a religious person here for Jesus is not a Christian. Okay? And there is a distinction. So he talks pagan, hypocrite, equals religion, does not equal Christian. Now, he's saying there are two ways to pray, two ways to believe, two ways to live. Again, how do you know? You can look at a person's prayer life. And obviously, a person's prayer life you can't see. But again, two questions. Why do you think God hears you? What do you say in your prayers? Why do you think God hears you? What do you say? Two things I want to do in the next 15 minutes, let's say. I want to help you understand these two ways. And I want to talk about how we pray as Christians. And that would tie into how we believe as Christians and how we live as Christians. So I want to help you understand and try to show how from the Bible. First, to understand. In every, I would say this, another grand statement. In every human interaction, okay? So every, every exchange you have with another individual... You are, you're desiring something. You know, I mean, if there is a, if you were to go to any city, and it was the first time in your city, and you just asked someone directions, that's a pretty explicit, that's an exchange going on, but you would walk up and say, hey, I need directions, can you help me? Uh, Now, you wouldn't necessarily ask for that person's wallet, okay, but you would ask for directions, okay? Some people do ask for wallet, we we have them here, actually. They come up to church quite a bit, you know. I mean, people, any type of exchange, they're asking for something, okay? Even if you say, I don't know about that. I mean, what about just visiting or when we stand and greet? I mean, you stand and greet someone. There's still an exchange. You're still desiring something. I mean, if I say to this beautiful lady, and she's like, shut up. But anyway, if I just say, <laughs> you know, hello, how are you? You know, and, and she's not lending my wife. I mean, I'm saying, you know, please not be charmed by me, all right? She, she's like, yeah, I know that. Or please, you know, respond in some way. Now, that doesn't happen to everybody when you stand and greet, but, but sometimes it does, some, some guys here. But what happens, you might come up to a person and say, hey, you know, be my friend without saying, be my friend. Or, hey, nice to see you. And really what you're thinking is, hey, I'd like you to be impressed by our church, and so I'm trying to be nice. Every individual human interaction is an exchange, is an exchange, okay? Now, in, in business exchanges, you know, there is a deal. Uh, both people perform. You know, whether it's in boss, uh, employer, there is performance going on. I say all this to help you understand, is your relationship with God one of a business nature or, of a, or a family nature? Because our relationship with God can often be uh, of, a, of a business exchange. As in like, God, I'm going to perform for you. I need you to perform back. Uh, Our prayer life can be a business exchange. 
God, I'm going to pray this prayer, so that means I'm, I'm good Christian, which actually you're really good religious, but uh, I need you to you know, answer me back. Is your relationship God? Again, Jesus is saying two ways of praying, two ways of believing, two ways of living. Is it business or family? Business relationship is based on performance. Now, the truth of the gospel of Christianity is your salvation is not based on your performance, but often the culture and the social pressures that I talked about are so tied up that we really live like it's based on looking good and doing right and being proper and having the right network and all that stuff. And that's not Christianity. That's one way of understanding. Is your relationship with God business or family? Uh, a better way of saying it, and this is, um, uh, this is something a guy I, I read and like a lot of guys, Tim Keller uses a lot. Is your relationship with God one of a border or a child? A border is someone who lives somewhere and pays rent. Okay? A border is, is someone who says, okay, I'll pay rent. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to you know, destroy the house. And, and you uh, promise or pledge to maintain it, you know, keep it up. And, and I, will, I will live here. So I think often our relationship with God is like a border. We'll say, okay, you know, I'm going to, thank you for giving me this, this life and this gift. So I'm going to live here and I'm going to, you know, pay you rent with how I act. And I'm not going to do anything to just destroy it, okay? But I need you to keep it maintained and, and well, whatever your definition of well is, whether that be physically or socially or emotionally. And we really get into a border relationship with God. And, you know, this can be, um, can be problematic because, you know, we really are asking, we're not asking God into our heart when we become a Christian. We're asking him really, hey, will you be my landlord? You know, and make sure it's, you know, kept up and I'll pay rent. Uh, where a child is different. You know, a child, and some of us have been this person, uh, a child who lives with his parents, you know. Um, what, what happens there? We're like, well, I know I'm loved and accepted, so I have this place, I have this home. And even though I don't have it figured out, even I'm pretty messed up, pretty jacked up, I got this place to live, no rent, and... Yes, do people abuse that? And yes, we could talk boundaries and all that, but that's not what this sermon is about. You do know, and I know personally, and some of y'all do too, you know, a child need a place to stay. My my parents say, you know, our doors are always open. Are you a boarder or are you a child of God? I'm going to ask you again. Are you a boarder or are you a child of God? You're like, how do I know if I'm a boarder or a child of God? Go back to your prayer life. Now, there were two questions again. Why are you heard? And you might be like, why did you ask? Why, why am I heard by God? Like, <clears throat> that question ties to, am I heard because I'm paying rent? Am I heard because I'm performing in this business exchange? Am I heard because I'm doing good? Am I heard because I'm living right? Or are you heard because he is your father? You are his child. 
How do you know if you're a boarder or a child? What happens, what do you do when your prayers aren't answered? When people's, well, when a boarder's prayers are not answered, one of two things happen. They either uh, get angry and bitter at God. And they say, you know, God, I mean, I'm paying rent, you know. You didn't, you didn't maintain it well. I'm paying rent, God. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I should do. I'm, I'm living right. You didn't heal that person. You didn't heal me. You actually gave me, you know, like bankruptcy or, or cancer or divorce. Or you can get uh, guilty and anxious. Oh, I'm not, I'm just not living right. I'm just, I'm just a disaster. I mean, I'm just, you know, you know, thanks God for this DNA. I mean, I just really am just messed up, you know. I don't look right or I'm not smart or so you get angry or anxious. You get cold or you feel guilty. Then you're a boarder. Then these two, these two ways of praying, these two ways of believing, these two ways of living, you're religious. You're a pagan. And Jesus is saying, you know, I'm trying to give you a clear picture of understanding. There is a difference. So what do you do? Well, you can either say one of two things. You can say a prayer of salvation, which I, salvation can happen in a moment. Salvation can happen any time. So it's either a prayer of God, you know, be my landlord, I'll pay rent, you do your thing, I'll do mine, and, and we'll work it out through this life on earth. Or you say, God, be my father, based on what Jesus Christ has done, and I'll commit everything to you. There is a difference. That's why we do baptism services regularly. That's why I'm convicted to preach about this because I, re- I don't think all of you are saved. Just put it point blank. I believe we live in a border culture. I believe we live in a business performance culture. I believe we live in a religious culture. And religious aren't Christians. So we've got a baptism service January 29th. And you know, a great example of this culture, and this is what hit me, is if, because all Christians are not Christians, Okay. All Christian teachers are not Christians. All Christian preachers are not Christians. I've heard stories of preachers being so convicted by the gospel, they get saved in the middle of pastoring their church. Okay, True stories like that. Great example of this is if the social pressure is so strong, like you may be like, you know, I don't know, I may have been, I may have been going about this all wrong. It is so hard for you to admit it. Someone who is steeped in religion and let's say teaching or leading a small group, the social pressure is so strong they couldn't admit it. I'm just saying. That's, that's what we face. But you can say, Lord, I want you to be my father based on what Jesus has done. Again, what's your prayer life like? Are your prayers like more mechanical and uh, impersonal, you know, and a to-do list or a, a prayer request list? Or are they confident? Are they warm? Are they personal? It's another great way of, am I a boarder or a Christian? Am I a boarder or a child? 
Is it a business exchange or is it family? Now, how? In our remaining time, how? And the great thing about the how is Jesus, first, he separates the two ways of praying, but then he says, here's how, here is how you pray. And he really breaks it down in the Lord's Prayer. And, you know, all, you know now the Lord's Prayer has kind of become religious. But, you know, it wasn't when Jesus first spoke it. And so the how is, first, our Father. Jesus, these are Jesus' words. He didn't say, pray, our Creator, which God is. He didn't say, pray, our King, which He is. First song we sang today. He didn't even say, pray, our friends. Which he is. He said, our Father. He said, pray like this. He literally said, pray like this. Our Father. To me, this is one of the, it's one of the starting points in our Christian faith because it ties to our adoption. Adoption, okay? I say this. If you don't get adoption, then you don't get Christianity. Let me put a verse. We have that verse, John 1, verse 12. Put that up here. We were teaching Jack this verse this week, my son Jack. John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, Jesus, who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Adoption. You're, you're not a child of God. You're not a child of God at birth. You're made in the image of God, but you're not a child of God. Actually, Jesus goes so far to say as you're a child of the devil. Okay, I won't go into that, but uh, that's what Jesus says. You're not a child of God. You're adopted. You become a child of God. Now, some of you, uh, brothers and sisters, have adopted children. Right over here. Now, you know about adoption. Adoption does not change a child's behavior, does it? <laughs> no. Adoption uh, does not change that child's nature. Okay? It does change his status. Changes his status. It changes our status. So our behavior may remain, probably so. Our nature as sinners remains, but our status is now different. And adoption is also saying, you know, Y'all would say, you know, if, if you do bad, we're going to send you back. You don't say that, right? God doesn't either. He doesn't say, you know, well, you're going to go back. No. Your status has changed. You're now a child of God. You got to get adoption. You got to get John 1.12 and know him as father. And I believe if, if that happens if that, I love coffee, if that, that percolates, if, if the penny drops, if you begin to really grasp that. And some can't, some will, maybe in a minute by the Holy Spirit. Some, it, you're, you know, maybe like others in the Bible, you're thinking it out, pondering it out. But when you do, it continues to change your prayer life. And I believe you worship in prayer. He goes on, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Also part of the how is not just knowing him as father, adoption, but it is, it's worship. Let me put it this way. I said this earlier. I, and I'll use myself as an example. I, I'll easily spend 30 minutes of prayer in petition. I found I rarely spend 30 minutes of prayer in worship. 
And so I'm convicted about that. Do you? Uh, A border, so I'm calling myself out here, okay, a little bit. I mean, affected by, I'm affected by the culture. A border will easily spend 30 minutes of prayer and petition. But they won't spend 30 minutes of prayer and worship and praise. And awe, awe, A-W-E, awe of what God has done, awe of the gospel, awe of adoption. Let me ask you this, this really simple question. Do you know awe? In your Christian life. If you know all in your Christian life. Your, your, your church going status will change. And I'm not saying coming to church. I'm saying the way we participate in church. Those concerns I mentioned earlier. Do you, do you know any semblance of all? And, it, and it's not from a preaching or a preacher or worship or a worship leader. It's just from the gospel. If we don't have any sense of all at all then I would say you're living as a border and not as a Christian. I'll give you another example. I've used it before in sermons, but when someone might say, hey, are you a Christian? And I reply this way, of course I am. Do you ever say, when someone asks, you're a Christian? Like, yeah, man, can you believe it? I mean, can you believe God did that? It's a miracle. And we love saying that about, you know, the guys, the folks who are wasted and drunks and the sex addicts and the, you know, just the skid row stories. Hey, you and me. Okay? It's a miracle. You believe it? It's awesome. Or do you say, of course. Worship. And I'm not talking about singing or but I am talking about singing. I'm talking about awe. I'm trying to get us really broken free out of the chains of culture, of religion. And and then last, last two things. Petition. Because I, I don't want you to miss out that I'm not saying go to God and ask. Because Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. So he says, give today our daily bread. He doesn't say uh, monthly. Give us this month our monthly bread. He doesn't say give us this week. Our week. He says daily. Go to God daily. And I actually think you see through the Bible, we don't have time to get in. Uh, Luke 11, Luke 15 uh, Jesus implores us, you know, go to God for everything, every need. Uh, persist. Pester God. Actually, you see the prayers through Scripture. Uh, Abraham, pestering God about Sodom. Uh, Moses, you know, almost in debate with God. Uh, he says, go to God daily. Ask, ask away. Who would wake up a king at 4 a.m. in the morning? Only a child. For a glass of water. Go to God. Go to God. As Father. Do you know Him as Father? Do you know you're adopted? Do you know that you can be adopted in a moment? Do you know that He wants to be your Father? If you do not have this understanding of God as Father, uh, many of you are are not going to be healed from from bitterness and unforgiveness. Um, and, and being uh, burdened by not keeping up or missing out. Talk about breaking through, free or breaking free of bondage. I mean, it, it begins and never ends with our father. You're his child. Your status has changed. In your prayer life, many of us have, quote, unanswered prayers. I really believe this. God either gives you what you ask, or he gives you what you would have asked for, 
if you knew everything he did? I believe that. Because if, if, if we believe he's sovereign, almighty, all this, then he knows everything. He either gives you what you ask or he gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he did. Are you a boarder or a child? Is your relationship with God based on business and performance or family? Are you religious or are you a Christian? Wherever you feel like you fall, again, it's very easy. It's very simple. It's saying, Lord, come into my life. Be my father based on what Jesus has done on the cross as we take communion. And he is your father and you're his child. And that will never change. That will never change. That will never be taken away. I want you to have that. I want us to have that. And that, that changes everything. That cha- it changes everything. That changes, uh, kind of, is he going to finish now? Communion? Where am I going for lunch? It changes that. It changes, eh, preacher is kind of tough today. I mean, that's it's indicative of the religion. Uh, it changes desire for Worship, even if you don't sing, and I don't, I, don't, I don't sing all the time here, but I think about the words. I think those words are Holy Spirit inspired. It changes mission. It gives deep and abiding joy. All good things come to an end. You ever heard that after Christmas? <laughs> all good things must come to an end. The great things never end. Great things never end. It's Jesus, it's God, it's you as his child. I want you to know that. I pray we know that. I pray it changes our church over the next couple of weeks in prayer. Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, give us supernatural understanding. Uh, There are very many felt needs, burdens. I have them, worries, concerns, kids, church life, people here. I just pray just a, a supernatural manifestation of, of the knowledge and belief in the gospel that you are our father and you commit to us as father as a father would to a child and you love us like that help us know that in our, our deepest our deepest recesses our, our deepest voids fill them pray that we know it now as we come and see what you have done in Jesus I pray that, and I would pray this 30 years from now, I pray it would change the life of our church, your gospel. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being here. Thank you for, thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.